What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, if you're in a PPR league and you're trying to figure out which tight end should go number one, why not pick the guy who's finished number one? Four years in a row. That would be Travis Kelsey. And that's what average draft position is telling us now. But you know what? George Kittle was just as good on a per-game basis last year. He did, however, miss two games. We are looking at the top five tight ends in average draft position and in our consensus rankings. Uh, I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard, with Ben Gretsch, with Heath Cummings. And guys, you got to know when to hold them. Sing it. Uh-huh. No wonderful. All right, all right. Hey, welcome to the winner's circle. We now have two former poker champions on the podcast. Former poker champions? What does that mean? Well, I mean, we, you won last night. I won three weeks ago. Maybe someone else will win. I mean, we're the only two people that have ever won. That's true, but I'm not the former poker champion. Oh, wait, I'm the current reigning. I, I was trying to figure champion. out what your point was, Heath, because I clearly beat Adam. He just had to quit. Um, Whoa, you, and so we had to split the pot. I was, you know, forced you had to. a clear path to victory and you did not know when to hold them. No, when to fold. That's them. right. You folded to his request. You should have just made <laughs> blind out and you would have won the tournament. By the way, you must think that the Falcons beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl by your logic. That's kind of it wasn't even that big of a blob. But anyway, you literally quit. I mean, if the Patriots quit, then right. <laughs> the Falcons go to the Falcons and say, "Hey, let's just end this thing right there now." Was, you, there we'll, was we'll, no we'll victor start. in tournament two. That's been, that much has been established. No one won the second tournament. Uh, I, won I think first. when one person quits, I didn't it, it quit. Says we have to split the pot. Yeah, but then I end up winning. Okay, so anyway, here's ADP right now. Top five tight ends. Please. Do not talk about poker on Twitch from yesterday. Travis, that was your best showing yet, Dave. What do you mean? You're getting better. I lost. Second place. But something good came out of it, Dave. We're donating a little bit of money to a a local food bank. So that's good stuff. Uh, Travis Kelsey's going 21st overall. This is on NFC average draft position. George Kittle's going 26. And then you got to wait a long time. Mark Andrews, 52nd. Zach Ertz, 54th. Darren Waller, 66th. Kelsey Kittle? and Kittle. Kittle uh, Kittle's 26. Kelsey, 21. Kittle, 26. And then Andrews and Ertz are 52nd and 54th, respectively. And Darren Waller is 66th. What's your overall reaction to that, guys? Sounds about right to me. I think you might end up seeing Kelsey go a little sooner than that in uh, in regular redraft leagues, PPR leagues this fall. But otherwise, that that's the that's the order, certainly at the top. 
Kelsey than Kittle, both top 30 picks. And then I, I really think there does seem to be some um, traction to Andrews going ahead of Ertz. I'm not there yet. I would still take Ertz ahead of Andrews, but they're going to be really close to each other. And if you can get either one in round five, you're killing it. Yeah, I like Andrews and Ertz. My biggest takeaway from from this group is just that Darren Waller as a tight end five goes too high at 66. I think uh, we saw this last year. There's some elite tight ends, and then it's just natural that drafts aren't going to go three or four rounds without anyone drafting a tight end. So somebody's got to go in the round after after Ertz. But I think Waller is a, a, a significant step down from the Andrews and Ertz tier, and everyone from that point forward is a significant step down. And so it's that middle range from tight end five to probably tight end nine that I probably won't draft the tight end in that range of drafts all year because I, I just think that's one of the least, um, you know, EV positives, people would say, expected value positive moves you can make in drafts because I, I think you can go after these elite guys and then I think you can wait till really late. Waller, I have moved all over the place. I think I have him seventh right now, but I every time I look at my tight end rankings, I move him. And like the difference between him and that group of guys, because I mostly agree with what Ben said. We, we just push up the next tier of guys and say, well, look at what they could be. That's what we were doing last year with Evan Ingram, with Hunter Henry, with OJ Howard. And like they had a lot of great markings of what could be. The difference with Waller is he's put up an 1100 yard season. Those guys had not done that before. So like he's already shown us something more than what those guys had in their career. I, I have ranked him in PPR as high as number three. I wouldn't be surprised if Darren Waller finishes number three this year, but I also think he could fall off quite a bit. And there's uh, there's significant risk. And he was he had a 16 game season, Darren Waller, and he played he caught 90 90 balls, 90 catches. I think uh, Andrews played 15 games. His 16 game pace, I think, was 68 catches. That's a 22 catch difference based on last year uh, in PPR. If, if we're specifically talking about that, so I gave you the ADP. It was Kelsey Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, Waller. Our consensus rankings are slightly different. Kelsey Kittle, Ertz, Andrews, Waller, followed by Hunter Henry, followed by Tyler Higby. We'll, we'll focus yeah, first on the top that, five. Like, let's just clarify something. I, I don't know if Dave is getting extra points for his rankings or what, <laughs> but I think I, I have Andrews third. Jamie has Andrews third. Dave has Ertz third. We all have the other guy fourth. I don't know why Zach Ertz would be number three in our consensus rankings, but Mark Andrews is number three in our consensus rankings. Okay, fair enough. I, I'm not. Uh, this was a spreadsheet that was given to me, so fair enough. Uh, I wonder when it, when was it given to you? Last week. Okay, so I wonder if if Jamie made a change. There, there's I, hanging chads or something. It. But okay, so Kelsey Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, Waller, and considering Andrews is a lower catch guy, at least he was last year, and Ertz, you know has been 85-plus catches pretty reliably. Um, he also might have a 20-catch edge on on Andrews. Does Andrews... Let's talk about that. Does Andrews deserve to be ranked ahead of, of Zach Ertz? Andrews is the closest thing to Kittle. We talked about this on the... Uh, um, I guess the advanced stats show, and the uh, also we mentioned him on... Um, a show where we talked about slot usage and Andrews and Kittle 
we talked a lot about routes run with the tight ends. Andrews and Kittle are very interesting because neither runs anywhere near the amount of routes that Kelsey and Ertz run. They're they're like the top two in the league, and and Kittle and Andrews are around like ninth or tenth. But their teams both use a lot of deception and scheme looks for them, play action, and get them open. Um, and so they both see a lot of targets per route. They lead the league by quite a bit in targets per route, both of them. And they're both very efficient on their targets. And I think what that says to me, especially for Andrews this year, is that there's a lot of upside for him to grow. Because when we talked about the slot, um, in the slot episode, we talked about Andrews playing in the slot a lot, a really high percentage. And also Hayden Hurst did. And it was a positive note for Hayden Hurst because Austin Hooper had in Atlanta. And Hurst should slide into that role well, well in Atlanta. But it also was a good indication that Baltimore rotated their tight ends a lot last year. They used um, Nick Boyle and they and they used Hurst uh, as kind of a, a backup to Andrews and spelled him a little. There's a possibility Andrews just runs a lot more routes this year and plays more of that Hurst role. They didn't really bring anyone else in. You know, they always liked Hurst. They drafted Hurst ahead of Andrews in the same draft a couple of years back. Um, but now they don't really have anyone. They've brought in some more tight end depth, but they don't really have anyone that's going to compete with Andrews for those tight end slot routes that they like to use. It wouldn't surprise me if Andrews suddenly jumps up in those routes now, still has a pretty high target per route rate, still has a lot of efficiency on his targets, and all of a sudden he's a lot better. Yeah, I think there's like the flip side of that is, yes, Zach Ertz caught 100-plus passes two years ago, and he ended up last year with 88 catches, but it was basically all in games where Alshon Jeffrey didn't play, and I don't know for sure that Alshon Jeffrey is going to be back to himself this year, that the Eagles are talking as if they expect he's going to play this year, but Deshaun Jackson sounds like he's pretty much a full go for the start of camp. They've got Jalen Rager. They've got Marquise Goodwin. Like They have more enough wide receivers now to where a lot of guys would have to get hurt for Greg Ward to be their only wide receiver, and that was really the only time when Ertz acted as if that number one target for Philadelphia last year, so I think the split with Ertz and Goddard at tight end, and the fact that the Eagles are probably going to throw 40 fewer passes to their tight ends than they did last year really makes me concerned about him being an 80-catch guy. I think he could be a 70-catch guy. The problem is he's not been elite on a per-target basis like Kelsey, Kittle, and Andrews and Waller all were last year and have been. He's about a seven and a half yards per target guy. And if he's just getting seven targets per game, that's, that's not going to be enough. Okay. That's Dave. on the low side for Ertz is seven and a half targets per game. I think he's done that once in the last four years. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's about where he was in games where Alshon played last year. Right. I, I don't think Alshon is going to be a big enough factor this year. He's, he's still banged up. The team is saying that he's on his own schedule to, to get back. Wouldn't surprise me in the least if he started the year on the pup list and then made a, a minimal impact when he came back. Jackson and Rager will have a bigger impact than Greg no Ward, presumably. No question. But I almost wonder if those guys. So, so when I think of Mark Andrews, I think of him as 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 a great target for Lamar Jackson in the short to mid range. Okay, you don't see a lot of deep balls go to Mark Andrews. You see those go to other receivers. Although he gets some. I think Ertz is going to be used the same way. I think I think as far as being the primary guy inside of 10 to 15 yards, that's where Ertz has been. And I think that's where he's going to continue to be for Philadelphia. And he's been reliable in that regard. And it, it, that's it, it's basically the biggest reason 
why I've got Ertz ahead of Andrews. He's going to get more targets per game. He's reliably done it pretty much, uh, certainly the last four seasons. I, I was going to say his entire career. I don't know if that's entirely true because at the beginning it took him a little while to get going. But he's a good player, big red zone threat. Teams try and slow him down. I don't think teams are going to have an easy job double teaming him and then and dealing with Jackson, Rager, and all the other weapons in Philadelphia. And I think Philadelphia's offense is going to move the ball effectively again. So to me, it's a simple argument for Ertz. We've seen him do it a ton of times. The target share is going to be there for him. Nowhere is he near as explosive as Mark Andrews, and I can't make that argument. But I I can see him being just as good in terms of touchdowns with more targets. Can I tell you something kind of strange, Heath? Because I've been throwing out that uh, stat for Zach Ertz, those splits with and without Alshon Jeffrey, the amount of targets he's gotten. But how about this? I just did this math, so I, I think it's right. <laughs> Carson Wentz played all 16 games, eight with okay. eight with Jeffrey, eight without Jeffrey. Now, without Jeffrey includes games in which Alshon left early. He attempted 270 passes without Alshon Jeffrey in the games. No, 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 with Alshon Jeffrey. 270 pass attempts with Alshon Jeffrey, without Alshon Jeffrey, 337. So he was just throwing a lot more in those eight games without Alshon Jeffrey. Of course, it has nothing to do with Alshon Jeffrey. But it's a little bit of coincidence. So if you just want to look, instead of targets per game, if you want to look at target share per game, which I did before the show, Zach Ertz had a 21.5% target share with Alshon Jeffrey and a 25.9% target share without Alshon Jeffrey. So it was a big difference. Um but I just thought that was weird. They threw so much more in the games that Jeffrey didn't play. But the target share went from 26% to 21.5% when Jeffrey played. Uh, so there's that. But Dave already kind of gave his reason. Yeah, and I was care. just going to look and see where I've got Tim, if I can find my Eagles projections here. I have I think I've probably got him at like 23 or 24. Um, I've got him at 21, actually. So right where he was with Alshon last year. Okay, and that would be lower than the other guys we're talking about, at least what their target shares were last year. Where Kittle's been, Kittle's been like a twenty-six percent guy. Kelsey's been like a twenty-four percent guy. Um, all right, so that's uh, that's one debate that we'll have today. Let's do a little bit of fill in the blank. We also have to just debate Kelsey versus Kittle, even though everybody's got Kelsey number one. We should still talk about that. We don't have to do that. Uh, I look. I'll, I'll at least play devil's advocate, or somebody else will. I do want to promote our Facebook group, though. Join our Facebook group. Search Fantasy Football Today on Facebook, or the link is also in the episode description. On, and if you're listening on our podcast, click on the link and join the Facebook group. It's great. Post some topics in there all the time. Get your feedback on it. And uh, in fact, we're looking to do a top five on tomorrow's show, on Friday's show. I asked in the Facebook group, what should our top five be? So I'll try to pick the best response from there. Uh, you can also ask keeper questions, draft strategies, whatever. The First Cut Podcast is awesome right now. Um, just We've got golf. we got sports. So check out the First Cut Podcast. Go to cbssports.com slash podcast or podcasts. I think either one will get you there and find a list of all of our shows. Uh, and finally, we do have the mailbag on Friday. So we'll be using Apple Podcast questions and emails at fantasyfootball.cbsi.com. Time for fill in the blank. The top five tight end with the most upside. Should, probably should eliminate the first two from this, right? Let's make this a three through five or a three and beyond discussion. Top five, top five tight end with the most upside. That's not Kelsey or Kittle. Andrews. Ertz. Top five tight end with the most downside is blank. Waller. Whoever the fifth tight end is, no matter what rankings you're looking at, 
consensus, an individual, that fit tight end, that's the one. Yeah, I think it has to be Waller. Now, look, I, I like Mark Andrews. So when I give this statistic, don't don't think that I don't like him, but I have to give this because when I talk about what Jared Cook did in the last eight games of the season, he was the number one tight end in non-PPR, number two in PPR. That was after Drew Brees returned and after he himself returned from injury. I always get, yeah, but look at the targets, right? He had 537 yards and seven touchdowns on only 38 targets. Look what Mark Andrews did in his last eight games. He had uh, 28 catches, same as Cook, 403 yards. Cook had 537 more. Big, big difference. And they both had seven touchdowns. And Cook and Andrews only had five more targets than Cook. Wait, Cook had 500 more yards? No, no. No. He had, no Sorry. He didn't. 537 for Cook, 403 for Andrews. Okay. Sorry. But they both had seven touchdowns. Andrews only had five more targets. That's only at 86 target pace in the last eight games of the season. So why do I get so much pushback on liking Jared Cook? I like him as like a 12. Andrews only played seven of those games, right? No. Um, he played 15 games. I, I separated them his first seven and his last eight after their bye. Well, I mean, the obvious big difference is Mark Andrews was really good before that. Jared Cook was nothing before that. Yeah. Yeah. Bridgewater. Uh, What's and and, and extend that not just to the first half of the of the season, but career. Jared Cook had a career high yards per target last year by over a yard. He had a career high touchdown rate for sure. He had a career high raw touchdowns, and he had nine touchdowns. I think his previous career was six or five. Um, and Andrews the year before was also very productive in his first year, and then again in his second year, and very clearly is his progressing player going into age 24, third season. Um, with a really strong track record now, whereas Cook, you're you're pulling a half season sample that is the best half season of his career. So, so the question is not. It's really more like, do you see volume downside, target volume downside for Andrews? Are we overlooking it? Because I know you see it for Jared Cook, but do you also see it for Andrews? I don't think his target share is going to go down. I don't. Yeah. They just don't throw that much. Half a target per game, maybe a full target per his, game. His target share might go down, but I, they're going to throw more. And one other thing that we probably don't talk about quite enough, the Ravens had three or four different games last year where they pulled their starters in the third quarter because they were just trouncing a team so badly. That's probably not going to happen again. Okay. But the, 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 the question is fair about Andrews, that this is a run-heavy team. They're not going to throw a ton. He's not going to be a you know 150 target guy, obviously. Um, but I, I would also echo what both Dave and Heath just said and, and just note add in that I, I think what basically what he did last year is closer to his floor, especially now that Hurst has been removed. I, except I just, for the touchdowns. Except for the touchdowns. Yeah, targets. Target floor. I, I I just don't see a lot of scenarios where Andrews plays a healthy 16 games this year and sees fewer targets. Okay. Um, he could be less efficient. Yes. He had 98 targets in 15 games. Okay, next question. The top five tight end that I won't draft is blank. Waller. Waller is the consensus tight top five tight end that I won't draft. I'll say Ertz. The, just because he generally goes before Andrews, and I can usually just say when Ertz goes, I'll draft Andrews. You know, another name I, I'd be willing to say is Kelsey because I, I know his ADP on NFC is 21st, and if he's there, I'm going to take him. But I would expect to see him go between 10th and 16th in most drafts. And what what I know about the tight end position and how how comfortable I am with it, 
I don't mind waiting. I don't want. I don't want to be the guy that takes the first tight end on draft. The only, the only thing is, like, and I was just looking at this. Kelsey, I think the worst season he had in the last four years, he outscored the number six, so the average starting tight end, by sixty fantasy points. Like he has been such an advantage every single year, and he still has Patrick Mahomes. He does, but there's another tight end who's practically as good as he is, and George Kittle. Kittle, when you ask the who has, he's going like four picks later. You're not choosing between those two. I mean, if you're if you're passing on, they're both there at twenty first. I'm going to take Kelsey over. Right, I agree with you. Um, So I guess I shouldn't have said I don't want to be the first guy to take a tight end. I just don't want to take a tight end early on. I don't want to pass up the talent that I can get between tenth and sixteenth overall at receiver and running back. So when we do get a good tight end in early round four, if I really wanted to, maybe even late round five, if I really wanted to. When we do drafts, I, I think Kelsey and Kittle are going earlier than their ADP. Kelsey. 21st, Kittle 26th. And in that case, you really could be sitting there saying, okay, it's late in the second round. I could take Kelsey here, or I could take a running back or a wide receiver and gamble that Kittle will be there in round three, which is understandable. However, in in our draft, it's more like the end of round one, and you either have to take Kelsey now, or you're not getting either Kelsey or Kittle. Uh, by the end of round three. So they just seem to go earlier in our dress. But if, if Kittle's ADP is really 26th, then you legitimately could be asking yourself in the second round, do I take Kelsey now or do I gamble and hope Kittle is available to me with my third pick? Which is an interesting you, dilemma. You add in Dave's comments and, and point about feeling comfortable grabbing a late tight end. I think that's pushing you know Kelsey and Kittle's uh, ADP down in, in places like NFC where... Um, I, I think just purely on value and for the reasons that, you know, he just said about how consistently good Kelsey's been, he's a first round pick. He's a top 10 player. I mean, he's such a difference maker at tight end and we feel so confident in him, but, um, like just what the points he can get you at, at a tight end position would indicate maybe not value is the right word, but there's so many other options at that position and potential upside. And we've seen so many breakout players come from late in drafts, including Darren Waller last year and several others, it's it's hard to justify relative to the drop-off at other positions. And just to put a little bow on that, Travis Kelsey has been a top 12 wide receiver three years in a row in both formats. Mm-hmm. So that's He was as good as Allen Robinson last year. Um, all right, then let me ask you one more fill in the blank. A new one just came just came up with this one. I don't know how but I didn't have it in the notes. The top five tight end with the least upside is blank. Ertz. Ertz. I'll say Waller. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I guess I guess Waller, but... Yeah. yeah I don't know, because I think Waller could have as many targets as Ertz, and he was a lot more efficient than Ertz has ever been last year. I don't see it. I, I think the Raiders made a big point to improve their receiving core in the draft. So did the Eagles. Yeah, not as much. Yeah, but Ertz has been better than Waller. When you talk about their absolute upside, Waller's just probably close to what he did last year or, or a little bit more. I'd, be stunned. I'd be stunned if he did that again this year. And Nine catches again? I, I would be stunned if Waller. I would be too, but maybe that's his upside. And my point is just that Ertz has already had like a 116-catch season, whereas Waller had right. 117 Which I don't think targets. he's going to have. Yeah, I don't either, but I yeah. just, yeah. When you talk about upside, Ertz has done a lot more. We will debate at least ADP-wise, Kelsey in round two or Kittle in round three. 
I'm going to talk more about Darren Waller because you know what? Maybe he's just a better football player than we're giving him credit for. It's a very uh, elite list of tight ends who have done what Darren Waller did last year. All that's coming up right after this on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So give me your top five guys in PPR. Heath, you can start. Top five in PPR. Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Ertz, and basically a three-way tie, but currently Evan Ingram. Okay, Dave? Oh, Ingram fifth. That's interesting. I will go Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Andrews, and Higbeast. Okay, Ben? I have Kelsey, Kittle. I'm not going to take a side on the Ertz-Andrews debate. I literally cannot decide between them. Yo, no, um, no. I'm not, I, I won't pick one before the other. And if well, I miss them up, both, then I miss them both. That's that's how I play it. It's round seven in your draft. Somehow they're both still there. PPR, who you taking? Especially in PPR, I can't decide. Andrews, I would take a non-PPR for sure. It's I, I... This is your job, Ben. <laughs> I'm looking for this piece of advice. Someone's decision will be made based on what you say right now. I mean, I have had Ertz over Andrews and until the, all that slot stuff that I talked about earlier. And that's what has really got me more excited about Andrews. And, and now I'm, I, I got him so close. I just, I can't break the tie right now. I will eventually. I'm Sounds sure. like Andrews right, you, is the way you're going. You've got like 15 yeah. minutes to break the tie. We'll come back to you on that. And Ertz, Ertz, it sounds like I'm feeling Andrews more. He's the one that's rising for me. But Ertz is also the one that I felt more comfortable in for most of the offseason. And I don't want to just throw him to the scrap. You know what I mean? It's like. Who's uh, your number five? Five is Ingram, which it has been all offseason. And he just copied me. <laughs> that, that's kind of true. Well, next time I'm just going to say I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making a rankings choice. I don't have to. I'm going to wait until midway through. Go back season. to the wide receiver. Uh, Tell you which one I liked better. You know what I never know about Zach Ertz? Is it say I never remember? Is it Z A C K or C H? It's an H, right? It's okay. an H. I'm putting a I'm putting a Twitter poll up Can here. I just say PBR, something. PBR, who do you Zach like, Ertz. Andrews or Ertz? It's not nice. What? I'm just not sure that he's that special anymore. Who Ertz? Like I kind of think they might be better off throwing the ball 130 times to Dallas Goddard and throwing it 60 times to Zach Ertz. Hmm. Um, I think the Eagles feel a little differently. Doesn't do much with the targets that he gets. Um, and again, when they had receivers last year, they didn't really treat him like an elite tight end. Would you argue that he could have a better year in terms of efficiency this year now that there's speed on the outside that defenses have to respect? Whereas when all the so. were hurt last year, it made it pretty easy. On third down, we're just going to cover up Ertz as best as we can. And that might have been the reason why Goddard ended up having some nice. I would hope so, because he was legitimately bad last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he could be average again. Legitimately bad. Legitimately inefficient. Statistically. 6.8 yards per per target. He'd been at least 7.5 to to 8 every other year of his career, pretty much. So, yeah, I think he can get back to to that seven. It's like, I think seven five is pretty close to average for a tight end. I think he can get back to yeah. that. But it's not compared to these other guys because I, I put down, you know, yards per target. I rank them one through five. 
Uh, Mark Andrews has been at 11 and 8.7 in two seasons. George Kittle, career 9.6. The last two years, he's been 10.1 and 9.8. Darren Waller, 9.8 yards per target in 2019. Travis Kelsey, career 9.0, right around there every time. Zach Ertz, career 7.5. Like He's just, uh, compared to the rest of these elite tight ends, he's the worst per catch, he's the worst per target. We do have to... We do have to know depth of target, especially for Kelsey and Andrews. They see further downfield targets, and especially for Ertz, who sees like six yards of depth on average per target. Uh, and then Waller and Kittle. Too. What's that? I think Waller was really low on depth per target. Waller and Kittle are a little different story. Waller had a big yak season, yards after the catch, and Kittle mm-hmm. has, has had a big yak career. <laughs> I mean, Kittle right. is just a yak monster. Those guys are adding stuff after the catch, which Ertz isn't. But um, part of part of, you know, yards for target in general we do have to acknowledge the death of the target all right so you hear you just heard two people on this show say that evan ingram is their fifth tight end yet you heard me say that ingram is not top five in our consensus rankings jamie's rankings are factored in here and ben's are yours i don't think they are right i don't think so okay so that's that's the answer to that Ingram is actually eighth in our consensus rankings based on the spreadsheet i'm looking at which might not be any good anyway but it doesn't matter let's get back to these debates okay so just tell me quickly, why is it not really a debate, Travis Kelsey over Kittle, when per game they were dead even last year, and Kittle, the two games he missed were against the two best matchups in fantasy. So I straight up guarantee you he would have been the best tight end in fantasy last year if he had played those two games. Because one of them has been the best in football for the last four years, and one of them you have to come up with a convoluted argument for why he would have been better. No, that's why. I don't think so. It's not that convoluted. He's younger. Four years of actual things versus one year of Azer stats. Look, yeah, George Kittle was amazing matters. in 2018, okay? let's He set the record most yards by a tight end. He just didn't have I a touchdown. I don't think this is as obvious as Heath is making it. I'll just come out and go. Well, I, I do, actually. I, I think it's obviously Kelsey, but <laughs> I'm having Kittle, fun with Kittle it. Is, Kittle's entering his age 27 season. He's right in the middle of his prime. Kelsey's entering his age 31 season. He's done it four years in a row, but he's not going to do it until he's 50 years old. I mean, at some point, players drop off. And I'm not saying he's going to, but Michael Hardman came on big last year. They brought back Sammy Watkins. It's possible that Kelsey's role trends down a little bit as he gets to 31. And maybe it's more like 32 or 33, and we're going to have to worry about it in 2020. But I'm I'm more concerned about that with Kelsey than I am with Kittle, who is, you know, now Debo Samuel's banged up. Kittle's going, he's right in his prime. I mean, I think that torch is going to get passed at some point. It might be 2021, but it's not crazy. Dave, you want to weigh in? Kelsey's got the better quarterback. He's got the better track record. He plays in an offense where defenses, like I was saying with Philadelphia, defenses have to do something about the deep ball. With Tyreek Hill on the field, man, it's Kelsey sees so much open space. They scheme it well for him, and he finds it all the time. I I think that he's the number one. Yeah, I think Kelsey's the number one, too. <laughs> yeah, I think the Mahomes argument, this is the fact that the, the Chiefs could throw for so many more touchdowns, and touchdowns are an issue for Kittle. Three seasons under Kyle Shanahan, no players had more than six touchdown catches. And you look back at his entire career as a coach, or a coordinator, there's not a single double-digit touchdown catch season. Andre Johnson, Julio Jones, um, and so on. And it's not like those grow on trees, but it's been like 10 years or something of coaching, and not one player's had double-digit touchdown catches. A little strange. Um, Imagine that the guy that uses seven running backs likes to diversify his his passing game. hmm. But 
at the same time, like if I really can get Kittle in round three instead of Kelsey in round two, you know, would you do that? Would you rather, would you rather make that trade off? The end of round two is basically the same thing as the beginning of round three. So I can get the same running backs and receivers at the beginning of round three as I can at the end of round two. So I'd probably just take Kelsey. I think the the, the bigger decision here is, all right, I'm picking in slot 10, slot 11, slot 12. And I know that neither tight end will be there when I'm up in late round three. Um, Kittle, maybe if it's a miracle, I can't count on it. So it, do I do I love Kelsey so much to the point that I will take him where I know he'll be there? Because I know I can't get Kittle at another point. That's the conversation you have to have with yourself when you're evaluating tight end and you're picking late in the draft. It's a more interesting question if you're picking at six or seven, because you're not going to take Kelsey in round one unless you're crazy. And then in round two, you would probably hope that Kelsey would be there, but isn't that a little too early to take Kittle? Or are you running the risk of you're, you're, you're going to cross your fingers that Kittle will be there in round three? Am I making sense? Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, but the let me give you a decision. Just the tight end decision with one of your first three picks, it, it, it's kind of easy if you're on the ends because you figure Kittle will have a chance to get to you in late round two or early round three if you're picking in the early slots, like if you mm-hmm. get McCaffrey in round one or Saquon. And then if you're picking late, Kelsey is more in, in line. But if you're in the middle, you're, you might have to make some tough decisions on what you want to do at tight end. I think Adam wants us to live in the ADP world and not in the our our drafts world. A little bit. Let me, let me give you. A, let me give you everybody's drafts world. We don't know I think that. ADP I'm just is more you a, representative of other people's yeah, drafts. So, than I would think so. All right, let me give you an ADP Maybe. example. That is, there are hundreds of those and and dozens of ours. Let me give you an ADP example. How Let's, many drafts have you guys on. been in? Travis Kelsey has been past sixteenth. Not a lot. I well, that's true. But I I mean. Our ex- set of examples much, much smaller than the overall ADP of people playing for money. Yeah, yeah I don't know what to tell you. I, I know you haven't been able to hear me because we're having some audio issues. I know Dave was interrupting me a little bit. That was not on purpose. But let me give you this real quick, this ADP example. Would you rather have Chris Godwin and George Kittle or Mike Evans and Travis Kelsey? Mike Evans and Travis Kelsey. And... The reason I, I I just did a whole thing on Kittle, a whole little rant. But the reason I will still always have Kelsey ahead, especially um, right now, is all all the things I said about Andrews and Kittle not running as many routes. And I feel like Andrews could tick up. Kittle's is very clearly, I, I think, at this point, not going to. Uh, they use him as a blocker. He's such an effective blocker. He's such a good all around player that he's not going to need to run more routes. Andrews is this slot guy that they don't really use as this big time blocker. That's the reason for them running lower routes um, is different. Kittle, Kelsey, meanwhile, is this every um, every year among the, the top routes run type tight end who has a higher average depth of target as well and catching plays, you know, balls down the field from, from Mahomes, whereas Kittle relies on yards after the catch, like I said, and that can be a little more fluky. So I, I really like Kittle, but I still think Kelsey just running way more routes, running routes more downfield. Those things are just all more conducive to more fantasy success. Okay, Dave and Heath, it's Kittle and Godwin or Kelsey and Evans. Who do you take? PPR, I'm going to take Godwin, the, the Godwin-Kittle combo. Non-PPR, I'll go the other way. I'll go Kelsey, Evans, and both. Okay, let me ask you guys. We've talked a lot about Waller and Ertz. Let me ask you about Darren Waller. Oh, sorry, we talked about uh, Andrews and Ertz. Let me ask you about Darren uh, Waller. Doesn't seem like you guys are super thrilled about him. but. We don't really know 
what he was before last year for a variety of reasons, suspension and whatnot. And he was a wide receiver, converted wide receiver. Uh, it's possible he's one of the more talented tight ends in football. It's, I'm worried you guys are selling him a little bit short on a talent level. I know you're concerned about the targets and you know, the offensive weapons that they added, but maybe he's, it's not much of a question, but maybe he's just awesome, I guess is what I'm trying to say about Waller. Where I come out on Waller is it's, it's kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth. Ultimately, I think his targets are going to go down because the Raiders have added so much talent. But part of the allure for Henry Ruggs joining the Raiders is having him speed downfield to open things up underneath for guys like Waller, who is just, you know, a humongous target who can make moves after the catch. So maybe the argument is, okay, we know his targets are going to go down. How much will they go down? And could the rise in efficiency make up for it? And the rise of efficiency could also come into play in the red zone because he only scored three times last year. I, I think that's something that just has to be measured and considered. Talent-wise, um, I, I think the Raiders have harnessed it. I think they know what, what to do with him. He is. Um, he has a very wide range of outcomes because while I do think it's more likely as targets go down than up, I'm projecting him to get fewer targets. The Raiders threw like 523 passes last year. That was about 10% below the league median. I would expect them to throw more passes. Um, I do expect him to score more touchdowns. So I, I, I mostly agree with you, Adam. I think he's awesome. He could finish anywhere from three through 10, and I wouldn't be that surprised. Um, I, don't know, I don't know exactly what the Raiders are doing, as usual. I agree with all three of you. I mean, I think Adam, I've I've realized over the offseason that I've probably been a little too harsh on how good he was talent-wise. I agree with Heath, the, the range of outcomes is wide. I, and then Dave's, I, I totally agree with and, and kind of want to expand on a little. I I I the the rugs point is a very strong one, and it could mean that Waller's just their guy again underneath. It would be very similar to when Ertz started breaking out when the Eagles started being this air raid vertical offense. Um not air raid. Uh, everyone was, that's when air yards became a big thing in, in Eagles, you know, Twitter and, and Eagles uh, blogs. They were calling the air yards offense because they were very vertical. Uh, Carson Wentz was throwing downfield a ton, but it was opening up so much on the, in the inter intermediate range for Ertz to just rack up, uh, you know, those really catchable targets and, and, and a lot of receptions that could certainly happen for Waller. But then the, this, the next level that I'm also worried about is, well, they brought in Jason Witten, and they've talked a little bit about using two uh, two tight end sets. Uh, I don't think Witten would have signed there after coming out of retirement a year ago to not play, and I feel like Gruden would be honest with him about that. Um, and then they also have Hunter Renfro, who impacted Waller's targets pretty substantially when he was healthy late in the year, and typically we see that with slot receivers and tight ends. They're both running those short area and intermediate area uh, routes. And, um, you know, formationally, when you have a slot receiver on the field, you, you have fewer tight ends. So having a decent slot receiver impacts Waller as well. So it's like all of these factors where I could see, like he said, that the, the upside would be rugs and everything help build the passing game through Waller as their main target. Cause I see how good he was last year, like Adam said, or they've added so much, so much weaponry and so much talent that even though they're going to build that way, they have other options to throw to, they can throw to Renfro and they can use Witten out of two tight end sets. And now Waller's targets come way down. It's just, it's a wild one to try to figure out. And he, none of you have him number five. So 
Let's talk about that. Make the case, Heath and, and Ben for Evan Ingram, Dave for Tyler Higby, and then we'll read a few emails and get on out of here. Uh, first, the case for Evan Ingram, Heath. I no, I'm taking the Ben approach here. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> in my it's overall, your job. <laughs> in my overall rankings, I have Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, and Darren Waller back to back to back. Um, like I get so excited about the potential of Evan Ingram and thinking he might actually be the more downfield option. And then I look at how they've used him in recent history. And I think about how Garrett used tight ends. Like he targeted him a lot generally within four or five yards of the line of scrimmage. And that's the way Ingram's been used. So I think there's potential for Ingram. I don't, I can't make a case for him over Waller. I switch them every time I do. I'm going to switch them right now. So I don't have to. (laughs) <laughs> okay. So we just literally just gave me so much, so much crap for having uh, Ertz and Andrews in the same situation, <laughs> and then he oh, went. With you know what? He thing. just talked through it, and he's made a decision. It sounds like he's going to put Waller fifth. Waller's going back to fifth. Good job. And I don't he... mind Waller over Ingram. You know, I'm worried about Ingram just being there. He's had so many issues staying on and off the field that I I almost don't want to deal with the headache. The risk, especially if he's the fifth tight end off the board, the risk isn't worth the reward. Okay, Ben, convince us. Evan Ingram fifth. I just think the the ceiling is is higher than definitely Waller um, and arguably any other tight end after that point, including guys like Rob Gronkowski, who you know could be amazing, I guess. We don't really know what to expect from him. But um, Ingram, 4-3, you know, 4-3-40, just – ridiculous athleticism for a tight end. He's essentially a wide receiver playing tight end. Uh, you know, when he came out, we, we knew right away he was going to have a huge receiving profile and be that type of player. He's actually been used in line more than I think a lot of people expected. Not really um, just a slot guy. And, and they've talked about him being a decent enough blocker, even though he's not, you know, as big as some other tight ends. Um, but yeah, just an incredible athlete, and, and he's been very productive and drawn a lot of targets when he's been healthy. So I, I just I, I understand the injury prone element, but I just feel very, very confident that when he plays 16 games and that it will happen at some point, players don't, you know, get injury prone for their entire career, or at least some do, I guess. But I, I am hoping that it won't happen to Ingram, I guess. And when, if and when he plays 16 games, he'll be very good. I mean, he played 15 as a rookie, got 115 targets. That's like Darren Waller numbers. Um, last year in terms of volume and, and his yards per target weren't amazing, but he was very good that year. And then he's just been banged up the last two years. I think if he's healthy, this this is the guy that can compete for a top three or top four spot in the end of Would, season rankings. I have a question. Would you, just looking at their um, profiles coming out of college, would you say that Evan Ingram is a better athlete than Darren Waller? I would. I haven't looked at Waller's profile for long enough. He's so much older, but Waller was underrated good athlete that's why he stuck around even with some off the field stuff right because i i sure th- i'm looking at their um yeah he's a really good athlete like he ran a four four six this has got ingram at a four four two right he's and a, he was a little 20 bigger. pounds bigger yeah. right yeah i, I well, mean i think you said ben ingram has more upside than all of them i personally would say that ingram and waller have more upside than everyone that's ranked below them not the guys ahead of them uh, I don't know that he has more upside than Waller, but I understand. I understand he certainly has a lot of upside. I mean, he and David Njoku and OJ Howard, 
First round side ends, ton of upside. Great football players. <laughs> uh, the difference right. the difference between him and a guy like OJ Howard is when Ingram's been healthy, he's seen targets at a high rate. That's yeah, an yeah, important yeah. point. All right, Dave. Tyler Higby, we'll, we'll finish on this. I've made it clear all offseason long that I don't have a, a lock on who is fifth. For now, it's Higby who I feel most comfortable with. He reminds me of Kittle. And late last year, we've talked about this. He averaged over 11 targets per game. He's not going to do that this year in those final five games, but he was amazing. I think he helped kind of turn Jared Goff's season. I wouldn't say he turned it around because it really, you know, the Rams weren't, it really felt like the Rams weren't ever like in the thick of things as far as the playoff race goes. They had 10 wins, but I always felt like they were kind of just like in neutral. Yeah, in that in that spot, you know what I'm saying. But, well, like, they were never contenders. Like if they snuck in, I don't think anybody were, was going to take them to win the Super Bowl. I, I guess the 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 safest way to call it is that they were kind of contenders, but no one seriously considered them strong contenders. Right. But Goff, his at least his fantasy numbers were better in those final five games, and I think Higby was a big part of it. I think the Rams are going to keep him as a big part of their offense. I think they're going to run a ton of two tight end sets. And when they do go to three wide, you're going to see more of Higby than you will of Everett. And I, I see, I see a lot of like explosive yards after contact plays from him. He, ha- he averaged more yards after contract contract yards after contact per catch, uh, than Kelsey, than, uh, Ertz, than Andrews. Uh, it was like almost six yards. It was pretty incredible. And that's on the whole year, not just in the final five games. I think he's got a lot of a lot of potential to finish as a top five tight end. That's why I've got him five. Fantasy football at CBSI.com is the email address. Let's do it. From Cody in Syracuse. Dear Michael, Lincoln, Sucre, and Abruzzi. Uh, it's Prison Break. Never seen it. Heard it's very good. I've been listening to the pod for a few years now. Since Ben Gretsch has joined the team, it's not hard to figure out his favorite players. This would be Ben's all-in team. (laughs) Quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Running backs are Miles Sanders and Jonathan Taylor. Wide receivers are DJ Moore and A.J. Brown. The flex is Ronald Jones, and the tight end is Mike Kosicki. I got to tell you, I've come around on Jones. There's, uh, unfortunately, and this this is good. Unfortunately, it's wrong. There's no way I would flex a running back in my all-in team. So that's Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. It's it, you got you left out. You know Ridley and Juju and um. Well, you can't get all. Yeah, the you third don't get all the first. He gave you a first, a second, a third, and a fourth. Christian fourth Kirk or Tyler Boyd or you know, there's some later round guys that that uh, Christian Kirk would have fit very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirk could be your flex. That's pretty good. I think Kasicki's his backup tight end personally. You know, I think he took two tight ends. Well, I think he's just tied in for about two weeks until he has to stream somebody else. No, he already knows. He already knows they they open with the Bills and the, <laughs> they open with the Bills and the Patriots. So Ben already knows he's drafted two tight ends and stashing mm-hmm. a sicky. Uh from Devin, <laughs> ten team half PPR. Aaron Jones, seventh round, Melvin Gordon, eleventh round, AJ Brown, fifteenth round. Who does Devin keep in that group? I don't know how many, by the way, so just rank them as keepers. Jones Aaron Jones, seventh round, Melvin Gordon, eleventh round, AJ Brown, fifteenth round. I think it's Brown, especially if you can keep him for more than one year. Then, yeah, then I, who? I'd go Brown. Followed by? <laughs> this is a no-brainer. Okay, it, it's it's Brown one. Gordon, right? and no, then, no, A.J. Brown is the, is the no-brainer. Sorry, I was I letting know. you guys answer first. but yeah, Jones is second. Jones is second. Okay. Jones is second. 
I'm taking John's second too. And an email from Tyler. I have Zeke and Barkley and Hill in a 10-team dynasty league. Should I move one of the running backs to get younger guys for the future or play to win now? Play to win now with those guys. You're still going to be able to get something really good for Zeke after this year, provided he doesn't, you know, have a bus fall on his foot or something like that. Yeah, it totally depends on the package. Like, if you could move Zeke for in a dynasty league like this, where you already have Barkley for like, you know, Jonathan Taylor plus, and you know, an, another big piece, I, w- I would do it probably right now, but um, I think you can go for it. Like Dave said, and wait and try and move him later. Yeah. I'd like to win this year. Okay. When you've got those guys, win. that's why you would trade for Jonathan Taylor. He's, he's the basically guy who Zeke. at uh, one pound heavier and two inches shorter than Zeke. So much bigger ran almost a 10th of a second faster 40 time, but, but he thinks doesn't have upside. I never said that. <laughs> all right. To be continued never on Twitter. Oh, wait. Did Ben make a decision? Let's see what the what the Twitter folks said. Let's get a Mark Andrews versus Zach Ertz poll update. Ooh, it's very close. Zach Ertz, 51.8%. Mark Andrews, 48.2%, Ben. I moved Andrews ahead of Ertz in the last 20 minutes. There it is. Okay, well, you're not listening to the Twitter followers, so that's kind of insulting. We will be back tomorrow with another top five. We don't know what it is yet, but it'll be fun. And your emails and your Apple podcast questions. Thanks for listening. For Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, and Ben Gretsch, I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Na, 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 na.